Hello, I'm Ben Eagle, a podcaster, journalist, and rural communications consultant, and welcome to Rural Business Focus. This is the podcast for rural businesses and those looking to start a business in the countryside. Episodes are released each Tuesday to inspire and support you to be your very best, both personally and for your business. Please subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, and if you think this episode will help someone you know, forward it on to them. It's the only way the show grows, by you sharing it. So thank you for that. But now. Let's start today's show. everyone and welcome to episode 71 of Rural Business Focus with me Ben Eagle. I'm joined by a regular guest on the pod today who needs very little introduction but I'm going to give her one anyway. She's a digital marketing expert, blogger, podcaster, farmer's wife, mum of two, food producer and the founder of No Fuss Meals for Busy Parents CIC, Community Interest Company, which is what we're talking about today. She's formerly worked for the Shorthorn Society and the Royal Agricultural Benevolent Institution, amongst others. All in all, she has a passion for flying the flag of British agriculture. It's Millie Fife. Hi, Millie. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, Ben. I think we, uh, you probably tell from my voice I've, uh, I'm just getting over a chest infection. Um, but in my true Millie style, I'm a true sort of trooper getting on with it and, uh, you know, resilience and uh, keep calm and carry on. Yeah, I should say to the listeners, I was I was WhatsApping Melly before saying, are you sure you want to come on? Are you sure you should rest your voice? I, I've had laryngitis not so long ago, so I, I know what it's like. And it's, um, but yeah, like you say, Melly, you're a trooper and you're here. Um, let's let's dive straight in. Uh, take yeah. us back to where No Fuss Meals for Busy Parents came from, um, because it started as a blog, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So as I'm I'm blown away by your introduction actually as well because it just makes me think blimey I have done quite a bit recently over the last few years but um anyway during the pandemic I obviously had young children they were only like I don't know two and three um and we live on a mixed livestock and arable farm in Northamptonshire and I've always been keen to document life on the farm I take lots of pictures um, and little videos and post them on social media and I've always been quite green fingered as well ever since I was a child always grown lots of things in the garden so really keen to get the kids involved with growing um, vegetables in our kitchen garden and so I just document life on the farm and quite quickly I got quite a lot of traction from that with uh, not only obviously friends that were seeing it but other sort of uh, people within our village, within my local community were like, wow, this is amazing. I didn't realise that this grew in this country or or you've really inspired me to get cooking with my children. Um, because, if you know, a few years ago, obviously, we couldn't just go out and about and go to the shops and buy things and yeah exactly you know it was it was quite isolating and and so it was it was not it was a creative outlet for me um being able to share my knowledge and then quite quickly I started interviewing other farmers um that I knew 
through my connections through the industry um, because I didn't want the focus to be solely on me. And I knew that there was other people that had really interesting stories as well, whether or not it be day-to-day farming, um, diversification, whatever it was. And so I would just start blogging about that. And then quite quickly, that turned into a podcast as well, because as you know, everyone's got such an interesting story and there's only so many characters on social media. So I thought, oh, I'll interview people as well. And and and, and from there, it, it just kind of grew, really. And there's sort of always three elements to the blog, which was the meet the producer, recipe ideas, and then a focus on seasonal ingredients, sort of saying what was in season at certain times of the year or what I was growing in the garden and that where people could basically go out and buy that. Again, from a completely non-farming audience, what is growing in that field? What, you know, what does it mean to have um, pedigree limousine cattle or, or you know, um, Glosterod's pot pigs? You know, what, what, what does that mean? Because to a lot of people, you know, they just order their food and it, it arrives at their doorstep. So for me, it was um, a way of being able to kind of join the dots, really, with connecting consumers with where their food comes from. Let's just talk about time management for a bit, because for quite a while, um, you were working uh, working as a digital market, marketing consultant for various clients. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of before the shift to where you are now. And yeah. I'm just interested in mm-hmm. your story in terms of how you were managing your time. You're very busy. You've got lots of hats, um, you know, yeah. let alone family stuff on top of work as well. So what was what was that like? Take us through that period. The No Fest Meals for Busy Parents feed blog and podcast has always been a bit of a creative outlet, a bit of a side hustle or last thing at night um because like (laughs) you say client work is is where I was earning a living um and so obviously their demands came high priority and at the end of the day I'm not being paid to do the the blogging and the podcasting um it was just something that I like to do um and for me having worked in the third sector charity roles and things like that to me it sort of forms more of making a difference and uh, it's just, just part of who I am really. And uh, But it also means that I've been able to build up my skill sets in different areas and build connections with different people as well without actually, if I make a mistake, it doesn't matter. So I've had quite a good training ground in that, that, that situation. I haven't been giving it the attention um, that it really deserved. And with the following growing and lots of people saying, you're onto a really good thing here. The content that you're creating is really resonates with me. And obviously I'll start to talk to brands and people wanted to obviously do paid partnership work with me or you know, gift me things to cook with or what have you. Um, it, it's, it's sort of like, oh, I am onto a really good thing here. Oh, I need yeah. to do something about that. Yeah, in terms of time management, it, it has been um, a challenge. Um, and it's one of those things where I've felt really guilty that actually I could be doing a lot more, which is now obviously what is happening. Um, that transition is starting to happen as we speak. Absolutely. And I mean, back when you were on the pod last time, um, we were talking mentoring, of course. Yes. Um, and uh, that was when uh, you you mentioned that um, that you were sort of moving towards um, this community interest company um uh, we'll we'll talk about the why for you in a bit but mm. first of all I mean there will be listeners out there who know about CICs but just introduce community interest companies for us in terms of what they are and where they sit yeah it's a funny thing um because it's only been a, 
about, I, I want to say less than five years or only about five years that they've really been in existence. Um, and basically, um, it is a social enterprise uh, where individuals have got a business interest and they're able to register as a community interest for the benefit of a community and it's non-profit basically so um it's it's a, a legal entity in its own right you know i'm now registered on company's house and um i have a charity bank account so it's not a charity it's not a business it's somewhere in the middle and when you register there are certain kind of different types of cic's in terms of um, how you set them up. Some are more, they have shareholders and they divvy out profits and things like that. How I've set the CIC up is that it's completely non-profit. So uh, I don't make a profit or if I do make a profit, it gets reinvested back into the company and it is for the benefit of the community. And the community is in a way several communities in one because obviously I'm serving the farming community in the sense of that brand British, that kind of why is it important to get behind UK farmers and food producers? What is, what is the why? Why, you know, as a consumer, why should I care? Um, and obviously that then leads on to things like uh, supporting rural tourism, uh, job opportunities, sustaining rural communities um, by shining a light on farms and local businesses um, and, and getting people basically to go and support them um, and so there's a there's a whole big you know that's a big chunk of work in itself you know um, and then the other sort of heart of the community is looking at supporting parents um, or I mean people in general who want to cook from scratch but perhaps have a lack of confidence uh, are time poor just just have so many different things going on that actually they want to do the right thing but perhaps need help and support in doing so and ultimately the vision that I have um, put as part of my kind of founding statement is that um, people will come away from a reliance of ultra processed food um, and more of a, a confidence and skills in being able to cook from scratch with seasonal produce so there's kind of a lot in there um in terms of like more like public health um and 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 what what's the benefit to 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 local communities in that respect but ultimately you know we are time poor we rely so much on very heavily processed food quick easy food and actually it doesn't resemble food anymore so actually if we can kind of um or through the community interest company if i can present recipe ideas using those seasonal ingredients then hopefully it will inspire more people to kind of think oh actually i can do that i do have time and it's about in you know changing that mindset really um so there's the, there's a lot in there but actually um I think there'll be, you know, it is also uh, as such a purpose behind it. Um, and so when I'm creating my content, whether that be a blog or a podcast or a video, it means that actually what I'm always thinking about is what is the community, you know, what is the benefit to the listener? Um, and that is my ultimate goal. So by doing that and having worked for various third sector charity businesses um, for a number of years, it kind of sits really nicely with me because I can really 
feel that I'm making a difference. Um, and I know from the feedback that I get from not only the the farmers and the businesses that I highlight, they say, you know, we've had an increase in following, more people are aware of us. Um, and from a consumer perspective, I get lots of really nice messages from people that say, actually, you've inspired me to cook this meal and actually it's relevant for my 17 year old and my seven year old and I've managed to feed four or five people and it hasn't cost me too much and actually it isn't as difficult as as I thought it would be because also there has been a generation of people that have not taken part in food technology at school um, home economics whatever you want to call it and so I don't want to be that person that is shaming people and going God, you can't cook. Oh, God, you know, because I'll admit sometimes I nip on Google and think, God, what do I do? You know, how long do I cook this for? Or, you know, it's okay to do that. Um, And and, and again, you know, I I watch lots of really aspirational cookery TV programs and things. And I think, wow, but I haven't got those ingredients in my fridge or in my cupboard. And actually, it's kind of taking it back to basics. Um, and so for me, sorry, I've gone on a bit of a tangent here, but That's fine. You, That's fine. you could tell I'm I'm really passionate about it because, you know, it, it seems sometimes it seems so obvious, but actually, I don't. I, I sort of looked about, and there's no one kind of doing what I'm doing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, which I, is amazing, isn't it? And but yeah. I, I find I mean, food itself is such an incredible medium for change, isn't it? And I don't know mm. whether you've listened to it, uh, the most recent food program uh, from the BBC focuses on various uh, various groups that are actually uh, helping and training men of a certain age who mm. grew up as a generation who didn't cook at all mm. and their wives uh, that might have died moved on and they're left in, in a very depressed state dare I say and they're they're not a, they're living off ready meals they're not able yeah. to cook and these organizations are actually bringing them together they're talking about their mental health but they're also yeah they're also coming together and learning and learning about food and food is that thing that brings people together it's such a leveler isn't it yeah yeah definitely and by cooking from scratch as well you're eating you know you're eating really healthy things and you know i've been i've had a lot of health problems since having the children and actually you know your appreciation of, of actually you are what you eat and that yep. kind of mind body and soul thing it's not a load of mumbo jumbo it is real you know yep. and you are what you eat and if you're eating good things you're a lot happier in yourself you're fitter you're able to do a lot more whereas if all you're eating is really highly processed food all the time you're going to be really tired lethargic you're not going to have the ability to be on top form um and that coming together is is such a key thing it's a community element and and uh, i mean as, as part of some of the funding opportunities that i've already sort of been exposed to i'm now a grow cook eat ambassador which is something that happens in our local area and that sort of inspired me to it's it's kind of what i've already been doing um but now i'm engaging more with our local primary school when my children go um i've always grown plants um and gifted them or put potatoes in sacks and what have you but now i'm gonna actually go and immerse the children in that um they come to the farm sometimes but it's just sort of an an extension of that really but then you're then on whatsapp groups with other like-minded people and you can there's there's lots of things like that and the other thing as well is um and creating a bit of a seed library as well, um, or a seed swap, let's say, just Great. locally, 
So again, um, it, it is, it just forms part of that bigger community. Just going back to your personal journey with this, um, yeah. can you take us through, I suppose, that transition time of from deciding to form the CIC and move away from your client work to where you are now? How has that been um, in terms of that shift? Scary. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah uh, scary, but exciting as well. I was fortunate to go on the Windsor Leadership course. Uh, I was funded through the Farmers Club Charitable Trust. And so I attended two week-long sessions. Well, the first was a week and the second was three days um, down, down at Windsor Castle. And as part of that, I posed my kind of leadership challenge, as it were, um, back in uh, early part of this year. And that kind of helped me to form the decision to come away from my client work because ultimately my client work wasn't making me happy and you know when you kind of draw your diagram about you know what are your priorities what are the things that are important to you in life um although money makes the world go around and all of that for me money came as quite a low thing it's a consequence of doing good work um and actually I found that doing a lot of my client work was actually quite stressful and I didn't really realize it at the time because I've got all that that, that kind of internal clock going oh, I need to do that I need to do that yeah. I need it and it yeah. was always for other people it's never for me it's never it's never on my terms it's always on other people's terms and I think actually you know in a way I've never been happier um which is which That's also great. you know That's yeah. everything to be honest yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I've really found my moral compass you know it's not to say that the work that I was doing with my clients was terrible you know I absolutely I did enjoy it uh, you know some really interesting businesses and what have you but I think in digital marketing there's no start and there's no end you know and because I'm always uh I've got that kind of busy mind I'm like I need to be doing this or I could do that and what have you um so I needed I needed that kind of stop think reflect and that leadership course really did do that for me and actually within so there was 20 of us and then they break you down into a couple of little smaller cohorts and um uh, there was a couple of other people that work for third sector organizations and their feedback was really you know you're already doing it just set up as a community interest company and it was a bit like you know sometimes you're a bit like you need someone to tell you that and i was like oh okay so of course (laughs) typical me came straight home like right I'm onto it you know um (laughs) as you know Ben and for those that know me I'm quite good at uh collaborating with other organizations or kind of reaching out it's okay to ask for help and there are other businesses and organizations that, that are around that can help you with with these types of things so I immediately contacted We've got the Northamptonshire Community Foundations. There's other foundations around the country that um, you're able to, you know, access support, help, what have you. Uh, they held my hand and pointed me in the right direction um, in terms of getting the community interest company set up. And then I think because I got it all in my head, it's just writing down, you know, what is your vision? What's your mission? Who are your community? What are the objectives of the CIC? That sort of thing. So it's just kind of almost like, you know, you're putting your business plan together um, to kind of actually write out what it is the CIC is about. So because I've been basically doing it for the last few years, 
yeah. I already knew. I wasn't starting from a blank page. Um, so for me, that was quite helpful. But again, it's just learning the kind of lingo and the jargon um, that that goes with it, like everything, you know, registering on com- company's house. I think the hardest thing was getting a bank account. Most banks, you know, there's not many on the high street anymore. And even if you did walk into a high street bank, the chances are the person behind the till, that's not their expertise. You know, they're just there to cash in money and, you know, uh, and offer, you know, entry level advice. And so, again, I was really struggling um, with, with getting that. And again, Millie used her network. Um, I thought, yeah. oh, you know, I, no, what bank am I with anyway? Right. I'll contact who I know within the agricultural team at yep. a certain bank. And then they put me in touch with their head of um, business banking in Edinburgh. And then all of a sudden we've got a Zoom and then we're doing this, that and the other and one thing. But, you know, but again, it, it's not, you can't just sort of one day think I'm going to set up a CIC and then it's done, you know. Um, and again, I have spoken to other CICs within the farming industry. So Exmoor Hill Farmers Network, for example, is a registered CIC. And so I know um the guys that uh, Catherine who administers the CIC so I reached out to her and said right you set one up what do you do you know and just asked um yeah there's a lot of time spent you know um doing that but I've done it right and I've done it well so that I'm not getting tripped up and I have got tripped up a little bit along the way because there's certain things like how many directors you have and what level of authority you give them and all of this and then when you start applying for grants and they'll say actually you you're not eligible because you've got too many directors that are related or oh okay. you've got too many people that are in positions of all thought you know and you're a bit like what um and so <laughs> but then you're a bit like oh well you know we just review that and also you have to have like an asset lock as well so you know if everything goes belly up you have to basically say who you're going to give the money any money left over to so again you know first of all I I chose one charity and then it was like oh well actually it'd be better if you chose a more local charity because then you'll be more likely to pick up local grass so it's just it's silly little things like that but actually until you do it you don't know um, so true isn't that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what would your having gone through it what would your sort of first bit of advice be to anyone out there looking to start a CIC it is a lot more straightforward than you think um it's like everything when you start doing it, you're thinking oh this isn't too bad um it's just dedicating the time um yeah. and getting on with it and I've spoken to someone and they've said oh I'm thinking of doing it but I've spoken to a solicitor and they want £3,000 just to do this and that. And I'm like, well, yes, they will, because it does take the time and mm. they've got the expertise in doing that. But actually, if you do invest the time in doing it yourself, you then know the ins and outs of the workings. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be the one that has to do the reporting every year to companies' house. You're filing your accounts, you're doing... Um, you, you're obviously engaging with your directors and and uh, every step of the way. So you kind of need to be, if you're setting up and you're going to be the person that is administering it or running it, you need to know what you're doing. Um, so it's very all very well, I would say, you know, passing it off for someone else to help and get it on the way. 
but actually you're going to be the one that's going to need all the logins and uh, you know all of that so i think don't be afraid to do it yourself but reach out for help along the way Rural Business Focus is brought to you from Rural Pod Media, the only podcast production agency to specialize in the rural sector. We're on a mission to make rural stories mainstream and help businesses, organizations, and communities like you to tell your story through podcasting. Podcasting is a fantastic way of connecting with your audience, whoever that might be, getting your message out there and networking with leaders in your niche. Rural Pod Media can help you by launching your new podcast or helping you with the technical side. We also provide podcast training and an audit service if you already have a podcast, but you're not sure where to take it to next. For more information or to book a call, visit ruralpodmedia.co.uk. That's ruralpodmedia.co.uk. What's your ambition with the CIC? My ambition with the CIC is that more people are able to cook from scratch using seasonal ingredients and come away from a reliance on ultra processed food. And by that, they are buying British, they're shopping locally, they're supporting rural farming businesses along the way. How that looks is I now have upgraded the website, um, which has just gone live. And yeah, I am exciting news. super proud of that because before I just, it was a WordPress blog. It was a free one. It worked fine. And when I post on social media and put a link, it links to a story. But before, if you just landed on the website, it's just one long page of recipes and everything. So now there's like proper filing systems. Like when you go on there, there's a whole section with meet the producer. And then within then they're all sort of, divvied out into beef farmers dairy farmers diversification businesses and then there's like seasonal ingredients and there's january february march april may blah 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 fantastic and then there's like awareness days as well that link in and then as i populate the website there'll be more recipes that link to those ingredients as well um so it's it's a lot more user friendly um so that's going to be a huge resource um as part of the digital products that I create along the way. Um, I also have just had some funding to produce a hero video to again explain exactly what the CIC does in about two minutes because I'm not short on words as you probably tell and uh, <laughs> uh, just to be able to say right here it is but and again it serves a purpose for so many people whether that's farmers whether that's consumers whether or not that's potential funders potential sponsors whoever i can go look this is what it does um so that's there um but really i'm now on a mission to find sustainable income um because part of the reason why i set up as a cic was i was able to access grant funding which is brilliant but it takes a lot of time to be able to uh, put an application together and one that fits in with specific criteria of those grant funds. And so, and also the reporting back, you know, the actual getting of the money, to doing the project and then reporting back. And a lot of these grants are very much project focused. Um, so obviously I've now got the governance in place. I've got the digital kind of assets Everything is there. And now I really need to secure um, corporate funding 
you know, whether or not that's philanthropy type gift giving, um, whether or not that is looking for larger support in terms of grants and things, because at the moment I've gone, you know, I have got the low hanging fruit, but again, it's taken a lot of time just to get a thousand pounds here, a couple of thousand to do certain things. And so for me, actually, if I am going to make a difference and continue to grow the CIC, um, then you know, I need I need to find some long term sustainable income. Um, and so, anyone listening, you know, if there are if what I'm talking about is is ringing true, and you want to align with what I'm talking about, whether or not that's a brand, a food brand, or a farming business, diversification. Um, obviously, there are a lot of advertising opportunities as well. Um, and I have also set up a crowdfunding campaign if anyone is feeling particularly flush and would like to get behind something like this um so yeah. it's can you send um, me the link for that and i'll put that yeah. in the show notes yeah no absolutely i will do and i'll also send you the hero video as well so if anyone wants to take a look and also feedback as well is really important to me because again it's benchmarking what i'm doing um and again as the cic grows um in, in the terms of the content that i'm creating the interviews that i'm conducting um it's it it's gathering that following and gathering that momentum and i i use the word influencer but i don't feel like i am an, an influencer in the sort of social media sense but i am um yeah. but it, it's it's kind of i'm a content creator with social purpose i guess that's probably the easiest way to explain it um mm, like but that. actually the the people that consume you know they they really are have do not appreciate or have the time or understand about uk food production but just drip feeding it in a quick easy way means that more people are going to be aware of what is growing in that field what is that business down the road you know what is that lorry doing on the road and it's just all of those those things and it forms part of a, a bigger kind of jigsaw and so i guess as well what i should say is one of the first collaborative projects that i'm looking for funding for at the moment is with the East of England Agricultural Society. So I'm looking to produce a series of videos where I'm going to see farmers in the East Anglia region. And I've kind of pinpointed sugar beet, potatoes, poultry, different, different um, um, food, food products, I guess. Um, And just talking about what they grow and produce in a way that general public would understand you know not because you know we all talk in our own language and and again we're we're we do. I, I suppose I've got that unique gift because I'm not originally from a farming background I could kind of pick out the kind of sound bites of what is really really useful what is uh, and and also then team yeah. that with recipe ideas so making again making it their purpose behind it was yeah yeah and it's, it's making it relevant to them as well isn't mm. it um yeah. so uh, yeah so if 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 a farmer starts going off on one which they all love doing you know <laughs> that, then you can rein them back and actually say well yeah. actually yeah who, who are we talking to here yeah yeah exactly exactly so it's great it's great I, I i have found my calling in life ben great oh that's fantastic um so obviously so the next 12 months you're obviously going to be searching for funding you've got your regular content creation um, what does your day to day look like? You know, what, and if you've got that project, what else have you got coming up? Yeah, so there are a lot of things in terms of 
just building those relationships with people and kind of just getting out and about and again asking for help you know my one of my latest posts was I need your help because I do and I think we need to be a little bit more open it's important to ask sometimes yeah because I think I think especially when it's your own uh own business or what have you you're so busy doing it yourself that actually you don't you you always assume that everyone else knows what you know but actually they don't and so for me it's just being a lot clearer in terms of what I need from people because you know everyone says in the past oh yeah I'll give you a hand you know well what does that actually look like how can you help me um and it is about kind of that ask really um I I mean it's as, as as my children are both at primary school now I've got a little bit more time to invest in this um and 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 really make those meaningful collaborations with various industry organizations because the skills that I have is very much on digital content creation and actually I can be strong or I can deliver more if I align myself and work with other industry organizations because they might be doing a little bit of this or they've got a school program or they've got they've already got something but what I can create will will only enforce or support or enhance what they're doing so again it's kind of just telling people what I'm doing and that I'm available and that I can help them um but ultimately it has to stick within the remits of what I am doing with the CIC because it's like everything isn't it when you're in your business and you're thinking oh oh that would be really good to do that or and then you realize you're getting further and further away from what it is you set up so being quite strict in terms of my objectives and actually what I can offer and what I will do and my time in getting supported and and and, and being able to deliver the work so it's um very much kind of building on that and um I've been very fortunate to win a couple of awards um, recently. So I kind of know I'm onto a good thing. So Northamptonshire Business Awards um, recognise me as best new startup and also best business person in Northamptonshire. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Just, just, just on that, on an aside, when I saw that, I think it's fantastic that Northamptonshire do that um, because not every county does, do they? At least no. not to my knowledge. No, no. Well, I mean, it, it depends how things are set up. I mean, we've also got Northamptonshire Food and Drink Awards, which is it's been going for about 15 years. And again, there are certain counties that do that. And then you've got like BBC Food and Farming Awards and yeah. various different things. Um, and so I won a silver at the um, the food awards for local food hero. Um, so, Fantastic. again, yeah, it's amazing. And so I just want to kind of build upon that um, and kind of and think right oh i'm on uh, yeah i'm doing okay um and again it that's given me the confidence and the drive to kind of keep going there's a lot of well there's a lot of support i just need people to put their money where the mouse is i guess my next question is slightly left field but it's mm. something I, uh i've wanted to sort of talk about for a while it's, it's, it's an interesting one because i mean i speak to a lot of farmers you speak to a lot of farmers yeah. how many farmers do you come across and you obviously in your on your podcast you ask you engage with this subject directly mm. but how many farmers do you come across that really really enjoy cooking <laughs> well it's a difficult one to kind of benchmark because generally when i ask them most people oh, it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman or you know what demographic um yeah. 
everyone says, oh, I like a good steak. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, brilliant. This yeah. is my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, right, we need to elaborate here a bit more. Let's talk about something, you know. But, um, I mean, again, it boils down to time, you know. Yeah. You know, we. I think farming is such a unique industry and especially you, you know traditional family farm there's it's very it's not like nine till five and you go home and you cook a meal for your family and things like that or it, it's it, everything there's blurred lines you know yeah but then you know there are ways in which you can have a slow cooker or if you've got an arger or, or other range type cooker where you can put a casserole on in the morning and then it's ready at night and things like that we do all enjoy good food um, and I think, but, but, but we don't take the time to appreciate it. Um, and if we're spending so much time and care and attention to actually produce the food, isn't it one of life's simple luxuries to sit down and actually enjoy a meal and one that you've cooked? So it was interesting when I saw this question, because I immediately thought, well, actually, in terms of what I'm trying to produce or, or the CIC, farmers aren't my audience, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. They are, they are part of the content but it's a bit like bbc country file everyone's always up in arms oh bbc control oh they don't really portray farming blah 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 how it is well it's not actually a a show for farmers no, they're not they're it's, not the audience that's yeah. not the audience it's about farmers but for consumers and it's kind of and it's just, just trying to remind ourselves about that all the time but i think I went to, I'm an ambassador for the Farming Community Network, and we recently, I spoke at their conference, and one of the things that um, sort of came out of it was actually doing some kind of collaborative working with them about, like, lunch boxes, what's in your lunchbox, and things yeah. like that. And and it rang true because back in the summer, I sat on a pea harvester for the day. And for 12 hours, these lads are driving up and down on these pea harvesters by 10 o'clock they've eaten their snack box and then they're they're ringing just <laughs> or whoever ordering these massive cookie dough pizzas and stuff and spending an absolute <laughs> fortune on absolute rubbish and it's a bit like yeah. right well actually i think we need to sort of you know just start to get a bit better in our habits in terms of what we are eating and um and and, and inspiring different um whether it be breakfast lunch or tea it's just kind of like yeah um yeah, I, just, I just think it would be a really interesting project it just simply in terms of content to go out there and see what farmers are eating mm. and sort of yeah and i know i know you, you talk about farmers about sort of what their favorite recipes are yeah what, what they enjoy cooking um but it's uh yeah it's that we talk so much about mm. the link between food and farming but actually um you're yeah you directly engage with that but i don't see that that often no 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 and it's not you know and again like on the tv you don't see many farming cooking programs if you know what i mean there's a no. few as if you know there's a, there's a few that kind of have uh you know branched out a little bit to it but i mean i i always sort of think i i'm going to be in the next Kate Humble or what have you, you know, I'm, I, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, but um, it is that kind of like, I've got a lot of skills, I want to share them, I want to inspire other people and 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 uh, I, I think it is, it is important that, um, you know, if I have, I've, I've got this opportunity um, and I want to, do, I want to do good for our industry. You use a phrase quite a lot and that is flying the flag for British agriculture. Yeah. Why for you is that so important? Well, having worked for 
RABI, the farming charity. I've seen a lot of the hardship within agriculture. And also I see from a consumer's perspective how uh, food is sort of treated as a bit of a commodity. It goes, you just put it in your mouth and you just carry on with something else. And and actually the kind of disparity and actually the time, energy, commitment that it takes to produce high welfare, safe food. And I don't I don't want to get into that kind of political kind of conversation all the time because actually that's what the NFU do, that's what other people do. And actually the people that follow me and the CIC is because they get real value from it because it's helpful to them. And they're not going to follow the NFU or the CLA or people, organisations like that on social media because it's not relevant to them. For me, I see, like I say, I've seen the hardship. I've seen the realities, the difficulties, the challenges, the opportunities within agriculture. And I have a voice and motivation and digital know-how. And I... I want to do good. And actually, I saw that there's so many reports that come out. And again, it's just absolutely startling. But it, the University of Warwick did this report that said that if we bought 30% more fresh produce that is produced in the UK, it would put half a billion pounds back into the UK economy. Now, that's not a lot. That's wow. Yeah. And if if that and that, so I'm not saying to people go out and do your whole food shop in a farm shop because it's not accessible to a lot of people. But actually, if you're passing your local butchers or you know you want you want to buy them, get a veg box or start growing something yourself, you know, just have a go or just just sort of it's changing that attitude to slightly. Um, for me, that means that it will sustain rural businesses. I mean, selfishly, you know, living in a very small rural community myself, I know that if we don't support the local pub, it will close. If we don't send our children yeah. to the local primary school, it will close. If we yeah. don't have it's people happened in living, lots of other communities, yeah, yeah. If we don't um, live, you know, well, there'll be people that you know, house prices go up and up and up. And I know in other areas, especially more coastal areas people find it really difficult to live in where they grew up because the second home buyers and everything else. And, and also it's the job opportunities as well. If there are flourishing businesses in rural communities, it will su support and supply um, those businesses so that more people are working there and they're not having to, you know, get people in from far and wide. It's just, it, it, it just helps make the world go round basically that's all I can say in not such an eloquent way I'm sure there's another kind of term or what have you but but that for me is I guess why I do it in, 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 a, in a, sorry it's not really answering your question in a, in a short you know me Ben I uh, uh I can't I can't give a short succinct answer can I I love that Melly no that was that was a great answer um I'm conscious of time, so we're going yes. to have to start to wrap this up. But before we do, I'm not going to let you leave without giving us a seasonal no-fuss meal recipe. Um, yes. What have you got for us? Well, I've just interviewed a Brussels sprouts farmer, quite a large producer in Lincolnshire. Um, and so I always have thought that sprouts are never just for Christmas. And although they are seasonally 
what we expect on the dinner plate on Christmas Day. Actually, Brussels sprouts, chop them up really, really fine and yeah. fry them with some bacon and some yeah. leeks and some peas. They make such a nice um, stir fry or an inclusion in a risotto. Um, so, yeah, just think of them as like little tiny mini cabbages. They're amazing and they're so, so good for you. And they are available more times throughout the year, not just at Christmas. Fantastic. Yeah, a shout out for the Brussels sprouts. I'm, mm. I'm a big sprout fan, so that's great. So you've got the new website. Um, how do listeners find out more about the CIC and what you're doing? Yes. Yeah, so the new website is at the same domain as I had before. So www.nofussmealsbusyparents.com. Um, it's also on Facebook and Instagram. And um, you can find out all the information um, either on the website or the um, social media accounts. Or you can drop me an email if you want to get in touch. Hello at millie5.com. Brilliant. Well, Millie, thank you so much, as always, for coming on the show. Thank you for giving us some of your time. And well done um, for yeah, starting the CIC. Thank you for everything you're doing um, from all of us. Um, because yeah, the more of us that there are shouting about um, food and farming, the better in my view. Um, and I think yeah, you've got some really exciting projects coming up. And I know you're doing the right thing. And this is this is gonna this is gonna go in the right direction. So well done. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate it. And keep up the amazing work because your podcast is brilliant. Thanks, Billy. Uh, that is it for today. Uh, huge thanks uh, to my guest, Millie Fife and. Thank you very much for listening. Um, next time, uh, we'll be over on the other side of the country uh, in Herefordshire. I'll be speaking to Kate Speak, who is the Managing Director of Herefordshire Rural Hub. And they're doing some really interesting stuff there. Uh, for now, though, I'll leave you in the way that I leave you every episode. Try to do one thing this week that helps you progress and one thing that helps someone else. Keep focused and I will see you next time. <laughs>